0: Hey there guys, welcome to the second official episode of the Better Self Project, where we like to discuss ways in which to acquire and sustain new healthy behaviors and healthy habits for busy adults who may not have a ton of time to devote to this stuff, so we want it to be tactical, we want it to be practical, that rhymed, unintentional, we want it to be doable most importantly, and sustainable. And so today, oh, right. My name is Kyle Devlin. I'm your host as well as...
1: I'm Pamela, the other host.
0: Today, we want to talk about setting goals. We often speak with our people... Our clients more specifically about goal setting at the very beginning because we want to establish what it is we're after we want to establish what it is that we're trying to achieve if we're going to be putting forth effort to do something it helps to know what we are doing what we're in search of so that we can reverse engineer to take the actionable steps towards achieving that end goal
1: a lot of times, when people are trying to establish a more healthy lifestyle, we frequently find that they do one of two things. Either they set a whole bunch of goals that are really, really intense and very difficult to achieve, or they set very general, very vague goals. So you get either, I'm gonna work out seven days a week and eat 40% protein, or whatever the case may be, or on the flip side of that, Want to eat healthier and work out sometimes. These are both difficult for very different reasons. On one end of the spectrum, you're making it really, really hard to stick to establishing actual healthy habits when you set the bar. Way too high for yourself, or you're not setting a bar at all. So, you have no idea what it looks like to actually work towards those goals or what it means when you've hit them. This is why we talk a lot about goals needing to be smart.
0: Right. And this coincides with the last episode where we talked about how maybe it's not the best idea to go from zero to 100 when trying to acquire and sustain new healthy habits. So, if you haven't listened to that episode, we'd love for you to check that one out. That coincides with this one specifically. It goes right into this because like you said, we don't want to necessarily go from zero to 100 with our goals. If we're sitting down and we're trying to figure out what it is we're actually after, we don't necessarily want to pick 20 things because that can be overwhelming and defeating almost from the start, right? And I think it's worth mentioning that most of The population, we as human beings, we tend to be better suited to tackling these things one at a time, one small chunk at a time. Even if you're running a company, you don't necessarily have a dozen goals for each quarter. You usually have about two or three max. That's generally how they're going to operate. And that helps them make decisions moving forward for that particular year or quarter. So human beings are the exact same. It's more manageable if we can look at things in small digestible chunks. Okay, so that's the first part of setting goals. We don't want to overwhelm ourselves and set too many goals right from the start. Goals need to be SMART. So SMART is actually an acronym and a really tactical way to set goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and with a timeline attached. And we're going to go through all of those and give examples. Let's just start right out of the gate. SMART goals. That's an easy acronym to remember. Let's talk about the first one, specificity.
1: So S stands for be specific. It's really easy to say that we want to get healthy, that we want to live a healthier lifestyle. But get healthy is not specific. Picking one example might be, I'm going to get at least seven hours of sleep every night this week. That's something specific. It's something that you can take a look at and put intention toward. Or I want to eat at least one fruit and one veggie per day. Specific
0: Specificity matters when it comes to goals because then we, we have a much easier time zeroing in on what it is that we're trying to achieve. So the second one, the M in the acronym of the SMART goals is measurable. So we want our goals to be something that we can measure. We want to be able to have some metrics associated with that goal because then we can see if we're making progress or not. If we have a vague idea in mind of what we're trying to achieve and no way to measure it, then we never really know if we're completing our goal or not. We never know if we're making any progress. We never know if we're making any headway. So it's important to measure your progress as you work towards your goals. Those are going to be the mile markers along the way. The more we measure our progress, the more visible it becomes. This helps us to stay motivated and engaged in the process, and it allows us to continue making small goals for ourselves beyond whatever it is we're trying to achieve. So you can measure your goals on paper or in spreadsheets on your computer, There's apps that you can use where you can track, habit tracking apps. We like MyFitnessPal when it comes to tracking food. It's not for everybody, but it is something that we can use as a tool in the toolbox. There's apps for workouts. You can use simple notes in your phone. You can set alarms in your phone. I mean, we can leverage technology to help us measure and set metrics for whatever it is that we're trying to get to.
1: Another thing that we frequently do to, to help us measure our progress is not just measuring what you ate or any version of weight loss, but we're also measuring progress as far as sticking to our goals, being consistent with our goals. Every week when we're working with our people, we ask them to take note of any successes or wins that they've had over the course of the week, because if you feel like you're actually accomplishing something, it helps you keep moving forward.
0: Absolutely. So when we are measuring our goals, it makes it that much easier for us to celebrate those small wins, which is great for our brain because we get those dopamine hits and it allows us to continue and keep going.
1: And that's the thing. We want to feel like we're successful, right? We want to feel like, okay, this is something I can do. This is something I can stick with. And being able to celebrate the wins along the way makes a huge difference. The next letter in our SMART goals acronym is attainable. We can only achieve goals that we honestly believe. We can achieve. Making sure that our goals are attainable is a big contributing factor. In the same way that we say, okay, you want to be able to see the progress, you want to see the wins. Giving yourself an attainable goal is a huge part of that. I don't have a lifestyle where I can go to the gym five days a week. I've got kids that are at school and have extracurriculars during certain seasons and things like that. I work, I work more than one job. So setting a goal for myself to try to get outside my house and get to a gym five days a week is not attainable. It's not something that my lifestyle can support. So a version of that for me might look like I want to get to the gym two days a week and I want to have another day or two where I work out at home or take a walk with the kids or whatever that might look like. But it makes more sense for me to set goals that fit my lifestyle so that I can achieve those goals.
0: Another example, I like to use this one a lot. It's sort of unrealistic to set a goal of making a million dollars in one year. I know a lot of us would like to do that. I know I would like to make a million dollars in one year. But if you're going from $40,000 a year to a million, hypothetically, that's too big a leap for our brains to make. It just doesn't really compute. It doesn't make sense. It's too difficult to reverse engineer in our minds. And it's something that's very easy to give up on. So that's sort of a hyperbolic example. But if you think of getting healthier, right, we say, okay, in three months, I want to lose 50 pounds. Well, that's specific and you could potentially measure that, but is it attainable? And even if it's attainable, is it something that maybe you should shoot for? Is it healthy? Is it something that is going to serve you? Is it going to be overly restrictive and could there be potential to have a rebound effect or a reverse effect where it could be terrible for your mental health as well? And that's not necessarily good either. So it needs to be realistically attainable in your mind so that you can take the actionable steps needed to get there.
1: I want to make a note too to say when we're talking about reverse engineering, we're talking about taking a long-term goal and figuring out what the short-term goals are that would support that. So if you think about the end goal in mind and you backstep to the starting point, that's how you reverse engineer. So if your end goal is, I want to eat healthy meals and prep healthy meals for five days out of the week, that's a lot. And so to backstep, we say, okay, for the next month, I want to do that at least two days a week. Then by month two, I want to do that at least three days a week, maybe four toward the end of that at that six to eight week mark. That's how you reverse engineer. You take that long-term goal and you break it up into small-term goals that you can achieve.
0: Yeah. And that's how our brain makes sense of it because then we don't feel overwhelmed because overwhelm can kill these goals almost immediately. Or it can really set us back, especially if, like we said in the last episode, life gets busy it's not always incredibly easy to attain whatever it is that we're we're shooting for so we have, to, we have to make sure that it's something that we can latch to and have a little bit of flexibility there as well. The next letter in the SMART acronym for SMART goals is relevant. So it needs to be a relevant goal. The goal that you set, it has to mean something to you. Know your why. What's the reason behind why you're doing the thing that you're doing? It has to matter outside of just doing the right thing, quote unquote. It's important to remember the why behind the changes you're making. The why gives the process its purpose and its meaning, and it's gonna be reflected in the daily decision that you're making, and it's going to be a good reminder to help keep you going. Brain wiring is another consideration when creating relevant goals. If someone tends to get bored easily, a very routine meal plan with little changes from day to day may not be the best fit for that individual. One might benefit from exploring more options and finding new ways to be creative with seasonings and food and meals and recipes and different marinades and flavors. That's going to inspire you to keep going.
1: This is something that I get really passionate about when I'm working with my people or even just in my own personal life, attaching value to to my goals, purpose to my goals, helps keep me moving forward. There's an emotional component to this. There's a mental health component to this. If I don't find the value and the purpose in what I'm doing, I'm not gonna stick with it. So I want to stay healthy so that I can keep up with my kids. I want to stay healthy so that I have good mile markers for my health when I go to the doctor's office. I want to maintain a healthy lifestyle because I want to enjoy my life as fully and as long as humanly possible. And so I look for ways to attach that emotional value or that lifestyle value to my goals. And I make a note of that, you know, whether it's in my journaling or what I share with my partner or my family, my community of people. I think having an element of purpose and passion behind your goals helps contribute to your ability to continue.
0: Yeah, that was fantastic. I like that. (laughs) I like that mental health and purpose behind everything you're doing. That's so true. The last one in the SMART acronym is the T, the last letter in the word, timeline. So what does that mean? We need to attach a timeline to our goal so that we can continue to monitor progress. We can see where we're at. We can measure where we're at. We can take a look at where we've been. If you have a timeline associated with something you want to achieve, then you will progressively work towards that. In the proper context, you may develop a sense of urgency to achieve your goal if you know you have a specific amount of time to achieve it. If there's no timeline attached to your goal, it's gonna be much easier to put it off and procrastinate, which is something I can do very well. <laughs> I am the king of procrastination. And I think there is power in knowing that. There's some self-awareness there because then I know this last letter in the acronym is very important to me. I need to have deadlines. I need to have timelines attached to what it is I'm doing. It doesn't necessarily mean they need to be really, really strict or they need to be unforgiving. I don't necessarily need to be under the gun all the time in order to achieve things, but I do need to have some idea of like what the timeline is.
1: And again, another good reminder to call back to the idea of this being something that's achievable is making sure that you have a timeline attached that allows for you to have a life that allows for you to not do everything super perfectly. So it's finding that sweet spot of managing those goals and your lifestyle so that you can see that sustainable progress. I think a lot of times this is another place where people go to two ends of the extreme, right? So we've got this version where it's like, uh, I don't wanna attach a timeline because that sounds like really scary and overwhelming. Or you set a timeline that then pressures the crap out of you and makes you feel panicky. Then you end up in the same place. Both versions are, I am overwhelmed and I can't do a thing.
0: So the other end of the spectrum is setting a timeline that may be years out, which doesn't necessarily elicit any strong reasoning as to why you need to start working towards it actively or with a subtle sense of urgency. And I think it's okay to have a delineation between feeling like you're under the gun and under pressure and having a sense of urgency. There's some goals where I think it's okay to have a sense of urgency in the fact that you're waking up and you're you're purposefully moving towards whatever it is you're trying to achieve without feeling completely overwhelmed at the same time.
1: Right, urgency doesn't have to mean panic. <laughs> it doesn't have to mean that everything is quickly crumbling around you if you don't meet your goals. But again, it's this is more about a sense of drive and a genuine desire to keep moving forward instead of feeling stuck all the time. Having a timeline attached also gives you mile marker points so that you can evaluate your progress, whether it's checking in with your body or checking in with your your food habits. But it gives us an opportunity to reflect on our goals And evaluate that progress. See what you've achieved. See where your challenges are so that you can figure out how to navigate those and move forward from there. You can problem solve. You can find new approaches so that you can continue to be more successful moving forward. That way we don't get to like an end point and say, okay, well, I did my three months. Here are the places where I really messed up. Guess that's how I'm wired. Okay, so let's get creative. Let's figure out what it looks like to actually move forward in a way that better fits you.
0: Okay. So, smart goals. Just to wrap up, we want our goals to be specific. We want them to be measurable. We want them to be attainable and feel attainable. We want them to be relevant, so we want them to be important to us so that we'll be reminded that we need to keep going and we want to have some sort of a timeline attached to our specific measurable attainable relevant goals once we've set one i think it's important to remember that we don't have to set a ton of goals at the same time we can set one and then move on to the next one or we can set a couple that maybe work together in tandem like you know if you're trying to add physical movement into your life but you're also trying to eat healthier that might be a good one because those two support each other but you don't want to set too many at a time once you've achieved Achieved a goal, or once you've gained momentum on a specific goal then it might be okay to to move on to the next one, right?
1: Yeah, because you've established a new foundation and then you can build upon that foundation. Again, calling back to sort of what we talked about before, you start with a couple of things that feel easy, that feel doable, and then you layer on the next level of things to grow from. Yes, gain momentum and then you keep moving forward. As always, we're here. This is what we do. We're happy to answer any questions anytime. You can check us out in our Facebook community group. We have tons of great resources resources there. It's Better Self Community Group on Facebook. Uh, We've got tons of great resources, free resources on our Instagram as well. But feel free, hit us up on our social media. We really encourage our people to share those goals with their community of people as well.
0: Right. It just adds another layer of accountability. And I think that's something that we'll talk about in a future episode. We'll talk about once you have these goals, then what are some ways you can stay accountable to those goals? I think that's perfect. We'll wrap up this episode number two. Setting goals is the bee's knees. We're purposeful, driven human beings. That's what we do. We're driven to do things as humans. And we have this wonderful thing called consciousness, which allows us to drive ourselves crazy, but also at the same time achieve Great things. So, thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.
1: Bye.